I think it's really hard when you get into running and training, you want to do all of the things. So being able to edit and decide what's really not going to be a good use of our time is really helpful. This one's radio episode 1172 starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. y'all real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show if you haven't checked out the little things course yet might uh might not be a bad idea to do so uh if you haven't heard me talk about the little things course it's a it's a little kind of video audio text-based uh course i made a gosh it's been probably three or four years ago maybe three i don't know it's been a minute um but it's all online all digital all free to kind of help you look at some of the aspects of your training and your health that uh Sometimes we, we as runners, and, and by we, I mean I, overlook, kind of don't think are maybe as necessary as they are until something goes sideways, and then you're like, oh yeah, I need to do more of X, Y, and Z. And uh, we kind of look at those things and, and hopefully try to, to educate um, everybody about the importance of taking care of some of the little things to supplement the training that we're doing so that we can get the most out of the training that we're doing. So it primarily looks at diet nutrition, both while running and also just in general, uh, looks at kind of sleep and recovery tactics, uh, some strength, some stretching, foam rolling, soft, soft, uh, soft tissue massage type of work, and also cross training. We didn't really dive into too much of the strength training there because I mean sometimes you call strength training a little thing, but I kind of think it's its own other category. But that's that's splitting hairs. Moral of the story is there's a pretty decent chance that there might be something in the course that might help you. Hopefully a reminder, maybe something that you learned for the first time that can. I don't know, maybe help you get that next PR, help you stay healthy. That's maybe the most important piece of the puzzle, um, but certainly help improve you as you, as a runner, as you work towards your running goals. So if you haven't checked it out yet, like I said, it's all free. It's all easy peasy to, to follow. I think, uh, disruns.com slash little things is the link. Disruns.com slash little L I T T L E things with an S T H I N G S all one word. Check it out. If you haven't done so already and let me know what you think. Um, always love to, to hear if something is working and if it's not, um, or if it doesn't work for you, you know, just from a, a layout standpoint, the way the course is designed, whatever, uh, let me know. And I'll see if I can't maybe make some improvements on it or on other things that I'm working on, but check it out. If you haven't done so, disruns.com slash little things. And now without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey y'all, uh, today's guest is a lady that, uh, made some big changes in her health and life a little over a decade ago, I guess maybe a, a fair, maybe almost a decade and a half ago now as, as math works. Uh, but one way or the other, uh, she, she made some big changes in her, in her health and now she's helping others to do similar things. Uh, she's a running coach, personal trainer, and, and more importantly, she's a mom and a wife, uh, good old family lady that's helping others do their thing. She's also a run Disney fan. So if you're, if you're keeping track, you know, there, our Venn diagram, not a circle, but there's some overlap in there as well, uh, which means that there's probably no shortage of things that we're going to have a, the opportunity to discuss today. I don't know where we're all going to go, but we'll we'll get there in the end. Uh, so let's get the party started by welcoming uh, Ms. Kristen Wentworth to the show. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Kristen. Really appreciate it, and, and welcome to the party. 
Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it. And y'all, if you enjoyed today's conversation, you want a little bit more of, of Kristen in your life, and I would recommend getting a little bit more Kristen in your life, uh, runfitmama.net.net. Don't forget the .net. Runfitmama.net is the website. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And on Instagram, the handle there is uh, the same as the URL, minus the .net, of course. Uh, and that's that's where she spends a lot of time on the social medias is on Instagram. So find her there. Probably maybe on threads, too. You do a little bit of threads? threads you know, I... I have not. Oh. I'm not. I'm not great with uh, like the Twitter and stuff still, like that. Still fighting the Threads revolution. So just find her on Instagram yes. at RunFitMama, all one word, and that's Mama with one M, R-U-N-F-I-T-M-A-M-A, -A -A, uh, for RunFitMama.net, RunFitMama on Instagrams, and of course Dizruns.com/slash1172 will get you back to the show notes for today. Uh, photos, links, the whole nine, as per usual for anything we talk about today that you want links to. Uh, whether it's her website, social media, or anything else we talk about today, disruns.com slash 1172. So, Kristen, the way we always start off each episode of the show is with a, a pretty simple question. It's a very simple question to ask. Sometimes it's a simple one to answer. Sometimes it's a little bit more uh, complex because there are some good options out there to choose from. Uh, but one way or the other, it usually is a good place to start the conversation. That's just sim to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Okay, so I think my favorite race distance is the half marathon. Um, I like that it's enough chunk of time training wise, uh, to really take up a good couple of months, but I like that it doesn't completely take over your life like a marathon and it's just fun. I feel like it's enough also length of a race distance to where you're like really getting into your groove. Um, yeah, I just, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's a, it's a definitely a good distance. Easily the most, I'd say easily, uh, back of the napkin math, the most common answer around here for a lot of those same reasons. Like it's just, especially when you, when you've got kids, you've got work, you've got family, you've got all these, these things. I mean, obviously you can, you know, you can, you can find time to train for marathons in those types of situations, but boy, it's, it's a whole lot easier to train for 13.1 than 26.2 when, when life is a bit hectic. Yes. You're definitely not being like, I'm going to be gone for about four hours. I'll right. see you guys later. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, 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 uh, it takes, you know, it takes a village and that takes a family to train for a marathon sometimes because yeah, that, that chunk of time that you're going to be gone is, uh, you got to have some of that support for sure. Yes, absolutely. My biggest change for training for Dopey was shifting my simulation weekends from Saturday, Sunday to Friday, Saturday. Mm. And that was such a game changer because then I wasn't taking up two weekend days right. <laughs> training, right. but yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's a good, that's a good, uh, little, you know, it's one of those like subtle tweaks that might sound so, so obvious until you, except you don't think about it. Like it's so obvious right. you don't necessarily think about it. And then so, as soon as somebody mentions it, you're like, well, God, that makes all the sense in the world. Um, anyway, we can totally. we get into some of that stuff as, as we go, but want to, want to maybe start, uh, a little bit close to the beginning of, of where did uh, running come into your life? Maybe not at the beginning, beginning, but at least as, as far as the running journey goes, is that was that before all the health changes, after all the health changes? Where did where did running get started for you, Kristen? So when I was in college, I worked for the Department of Public Health, and I was 50 pounds heavier. And I it was also the time of like The Biggest Loser was mm -hmm. very big on TV, and I just remember feeling so unhealthy and stuck in my life and. I thought to myself, like, what is the biggest goal I could ever have? And for me, in my mind, that was the London Marathon. So I took magazine letters, like a <laughs> serial killer, <laughs> and I cut them out and I taped them on my desk at work. And I every day would see London Marathon. Um, I haven't made it there yet, but that was basically my biggest motivation because there was something about 
the gels and the shoes and the gear that just felt so mysterious and cool. And I just couldn't imagine being able to run for longer than a mile, let alone 26 or even three miles in a row. Um, it just seemed like it would have required such a big life tra- lifestyle change that seemed really exciting. So that's kind of where it started with running. Um, and then <laughs> true story, I signed up for my first half marathon with a friend did not train one day. Um, and I don't even know why we didn't train. It just was one of those things. We had no idea what we were doing. And the night before the race, my friend and I were texting and like, should we just wing it? And so (laughs) highly recommend you do not quote wing a half marathon in cotton shorts and a cotton t-shirt. Um, and telling yourself, I'll just run the first eight miles and then run walk the next half or, you know, half, a couple of miles. And um, it did not go well. I also did not know a half marathon was 13.1. So when I got to the 13 mile marker, <laughs> I was cursing to my friend, where is the finish? I don't understand. So it was just a disaster. But then at, they kind of like fueled the fire. I was like, okay, there are obviously people who do this very successfully and have a great time. So this has to be, there has to be a better way. So. <laughs> wow. Well, I, 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 again, you know, it's, 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 uh, talking about our, our Venn diagram being a fair bit of overlap. Um, not that I did that for a half marathon, but I certainly did that for, for my first full marathon, which maybe is even more ridiculous. Although I will say I, <laughs> I kind of sorted, I pseudo trained, like I did a 14 miler the week before the marathon and legitimately thought that like I was good to go running once a week, <laughs> long runs, you know, building up a little bit to, to 14 miles. Yeah, if I can do half it, I can do the whole thing. And yeah, um, I made, I made it about, you know, 17, 18 miles and then boy, did the wheels, the wheels come off. But, um, I, I guess you know, back to back to that story of running this first half marathon, totally winging it. Um, I can't when, whenever I hear somebody with a similar type of story, um, I can't wrap my head around the idea of this was not a good day. I mean, at least objectively, it doesn't sound like 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 you know, knowing what I know now. I and mean, shoot, my first marathon wasn't a good day, but at least I sort of sort of maybe was into running. I don't know if I was really into running at that point, but um, like for that to be kind of the first race experience, obviously the first longest running experience, learning that like it's 13.1 and not 13. Um, I feel like for me, it would have been real easy to just be like, yeah, tick that box one and done, uh, find, find something else to do. Um, but, but was it, was it relatively instantaneous or, you know, short lived that you're like, I want to do this again. Or was it something that took a little while till you're like, all right, well, maybe we'll try this again with a little more preparation this time. So I had a client of mine who was in my boot camp class for a really long time, and she was a big runner. She would run a lot of the local half marathons, and she also did the Escape from Alcatraz swim a few times, which I think is so cool. Um, and she was going to train for a local race, a uh, local half again. And she was like, hey, you know, if you ever want to, like, come with me on your off mornings and run with me in the park. So that's kind of how it started. I started to see, oh, if you're consistent how normal this started. I remember my first three mile training run with her and I was so sore, but then I saw how after a couple of weeks, you know, you don't really get that sore from those smaller training runs. Um, and so I saw how this was really a progression and a lifestyle change, um, in that sense or in more of a habit. And so then I was like, I see now how this is attainable. I could totally do better my next time. So. Gotcha. Well, and, and having that, I have to assume, and I mean, I, you know, as, 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 being in the running community now for as long as I have been and, and you as well, you know, having that, that support system, especially in person, um, when you don't really know what you're doing or how to do or, or, 
um, how to get from A to B and, and be ready for these longer distance races. Um, having somebody that, that has been there, done that, and can, can support you along the way and be like, yeah, you know, some days, some days, even if you've been running for a while, the three day, the three miler is just, it's not, you know, it's been easy, but today it wasn't. And that's okay. That's normal and natural. Uh, totally. to really help you feel more prepared for the second time around. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that was really, really helpful. And then we also had, we found a bunch of groups of people that mm-hmm. also had not been so successful at the first half. And so that was really helpful too. Yeah. Which, which again, you know, there's, there's a little bit of, of, I don't want to say misery loves company, but like when you, when you've struggled and if all you're exposed to is people that for, for one way or the other have had great experiences in, in, you know, their first half marathon or all these races that they've done. And you're like, well, I'm the only one that's, that's, you know, really struggled or didn't know what the heck I was doing or made this faux pas or what, or whatever. Um, it can be a little bit more intimidating than if it's like, yeah, I really struggled too. And I didn't do so well. And this was this, I had this, oh, I had that issue too. And all of a sudden it's like, like you're, you're just bonded that much easier because it's like, oh, I'm not the only one. Yeah. And I think it's true too, of like your first marathon, there's always this pressure like Valentine's day or new year's Eve, that it's going to be amazing. And I did everything to a T, you know, quote correctly for my first uh, marathon training and mile like 18 to 20, I was in tears. I was so overwhelmed emotionally because I was so nervous. Um, so sometimes the wheels do pop off when you've trained and you've done everything and you've fueled and you've thought you've done everything right, but the mental aspect can also fall apart. Um, so almost, I always tell my clients, it's almost good when you have a bad run because then you know how to overcome it in the moment. Um, so yeah, so sometimes you can do everything right and (laughs) sometimes things go wrong. That's true. But, and, and, you know, along those, those same lines, um, it's, we like to think, or at least I like to think that you can learn from your successes and you do to a point, but like when times, when times are tough, when you've got to figure something out, when, when the wheels are, are going off and, and, and whatever, when you're struggling, um, for me, at least that's when you learn, when I learn a whole lot more of like, well, I tried this and this didn't work. So let's try this. Or I tried this and it did work. So let's keep that in the back of my mind and, and maybe do that again. If I ever am in a similar situation. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So you, you mentioned, um, you know, you're 50 pounds more than you are now and, and kind of, you know, getting started into, into, um, you know, this dream of London and, and kind of using that as a motivation to get into running. Um, but with, with losing all, you know, losing 50 pounds, that's, that's no small feat and, and to keep it off. That's, that's no small feat either. So first of all, congratulations on, on making that change. And, um, I, I guess the question is if, if you're willing to get into it, or at least as much as you're willing to get into it, um, knowing that, you know, just like with run coaching, like everybody's different and what works for one doesn't necessarily work for the other. Um, but for somebody who's maybe listening to this right now with, with an idea towards like, you know, I've got a chunk of weight that I wouldn't mind losing for one reason or another. Um, curious kind of what worked for you to, to, you know, lose the weight, but also to keep it off. Um, and in hopes that maybe that helps somebody else as well. You know, for me before I had actually been successful at it, I would say, um, I had tried everything like special K diets, not eating, um, or, you know, not eating till dinner. And then you go crazy. Um, Atkins, all of that stuff. And the only thing that worked was doing it in a sustainable way. So I slowly took away things that maybe weren't geared towards my goals, like going out and drinking with my friends and then having Taco Bell after, um, which sounds terrible to say out loud, but you know, then I was like, well, I'll only do that once a week. And then now this week I'm going to make this sort of change. So 
slowly tweaking my meals to where I was eating enough, but I was just making better habits or better choices. So focusing on protein and a lot more vegetables, um, getting a lot of fiber and then eating enough to support my workout. So I wasn't going to try to work out and then I was starving all day long. And then also fitting in dessert every once in a while. I think, you know, I have a lot of clients that are like, do I have to drink my coffee black? And can I have chocolate? I'm like, of course, because you don't want to be 80 years old and regretting all the times you never ate cheesecake. <laughs> you know, you have to find ways to make your healthy lifestyle and your normal life feel okay. So like when you're at Disneyland, you're still having a churro, but when you're at home, you're focusing on lean protein and vegetables. So slowly making those changes. And honestly, I would, um, not in an obsessive way, but I started a little food journal right by my stove because I wasn't really aware of what I was eating. I just was mindlessly snacking all the time. So when I started writing things down, I could see where I wasn't, um, where I was having holes in my diet. So I noticed I wasn't eating a lot of fruit or I wasn't having, you know, broccoli or something like that. So that was really helpful too. So slow, small changes and just starting with breakfast, eating enough, um, getting enough protein in at breakfast. And, and then it really helps you the rest of the day feel nice and full. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm kind of smiling to myself. Um, I don't know if the irony is the right word, but like, you know, you also mentioned that, you know, it was kind of like the, the biggest loser phenomenon. It was all, all big. And, and, and I mean, shoot, I was, I was yeah. watching it all the time as well. Um, and, and with history, you know, hindsight being 2020, like all the stats of, of all the folks that were on the show, that lost all this weight. And so many of them gained a lot of it back, if not all of it back. And you sounds like you really went the opposite uh, direction of what, at least what the show portrayed. I, mean, I, I don't know what all went on behind the scenes, but um, you went the opposite direction and, and, you know, probably not by not a coincidence that that seemed to really work um, long term much better than the, the rapid lose it all in, in this, this eight week show to win all the money. But then you haven't really learned and it's not sustainable, which is the biggest key. Right. Well, that show really made it seem like food is the enemy. Right. So eating any food is going to make, you know, bad health changes for you. And I think seeing food as healing and I had a lot of hormone issues after I had my second um, child and that really kind of turned my um, view on food as well. So I started to look at food as healing and what can I put in my body that will help me from the inside out. And I think that show was all about like the sugar-free gum and the deli meat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and also it showed that exercise was punishment and that for you to be a good coach, you have to be screaming at people and telling them no excuses when that's so the opposite of how you should treat people. You should treat people with compassion and everyone has different schedules. And yeah, it's funny what we learn in hindsight, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> you know, I guess, I guess at least for me, it's, it's not only what you learn in hindsight, but like trying to remember that what, what I, what I know, or maybe more importantly, what I think I know, like, don't be so locked into, you know, either change in mind or things, you know, we, we learn more. There's new site, you know, new research comes out that, that maybe changes things a little bit or puts a different spin on different things. And, and, and also, and we kind of mentioned this earlier, but like just because something works for, for you or just because something works for me um, doesn't mean that across the board, it, it works the same way for everybody. So having that, that ability to, you know, maybe here's the principle, you know, to your point, eating sustainably or eating, eating in a way that like you can sustain it for the rest of your life. But for some folks, maybe there needs to be a guide rail here or a guide rail there. or a, a, you know, yeah. This just has to be a, a no-go food for me because of, uh, of an allergy or because it's, a, it's like 
once I start, you know, like, what, like Pringles, you know, once you pop, you can't stop. Like, like I just can't even have the Pringles can in the house because if I'm going to have yeah. one, I'm going to have the whole damn can. And then, and again, Absolutely. not that it makes you a bad person, but like it's, it doesn't align with your goals. You know, it's not what you want right. to do, but like, it's just easier to not have it in the house. So I don't know where I'm going with all that, but just other than, you know, just continuing to learn and grow and, and give yeah. yourself grace and try to keep doing better as, as you go. Oh, for sure. That was me when I started. I I knew I couldn't buy boxes of cereal mm-hmm. or boxes of Cheez-Its. It just was something that I would mindlessly snack on. And so know thyself, you know, maybe replace that with Ezekiel toast or something instead of cereal, but something that you're not going to eat the whole loaf of Right, right. <laughs> would be helpful. Yeah. And, and, you know, back to your point earlier too, about, you know, just kind of keeping track. And, and again, you don't have to be meticulous or, or a slave to your, your, you know, whatever tracking app or things like that. But you know, it's, it, and I, I've, I've done the same thing at various points over the, over the years of, of like feeling like, you know, not that I've had a lot of weight to lose, but like, eh, just something, so it doesn't, some, doesn't something, something doesn't seem to be adding up or maybe it is adding up too much. And you start keeping track of like, oh yeah, every time I walk by the refrigerator, I'm grabbing, you know, a, a, a bit, a bit of this or a bite of that or, or whatever. And it's like, oh yeah, those, those little bites in isolation aren't any big deal, but a day's worth or right. a week's worth, they start to, to add up or, you know, it, whatever, what is the meme? Like, you know, serving size of potato chips is 10 potato chips. It's like, I eat 10 potato chips trying to figure out what I'm going to have for a snack, you know? And, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> um, if you're not careful, not aware, they, they add up, but maybe pivoting that into, into running a little bit, um, or at least into some of the running coaching. I always, always love having coaches on board and getting to talk shop a little bit. Um, little habits that add up. I, I talk about the little things here a lot uh, in terms of, you know, whether it's, it's, I mean, I, I guess I don't really lump strength training into a little thing. I feel like it's a big thing in and of its own, but uh, maybe strength training, but certainly foam rolling and sleeping, all those types of things. Um, and, and I guess maybe the question or where I'm trying to go with this is um, as, as runners, I think most of us like to run, right? Like that's, that's kind of what we do. And, and, and all things equal, if we could just get away with just running all the time and maybe even running a little bit more, that would be ideal, um, but in most cases, that is, is not a sustainable way to keep going, and we've got to do some other things to try to keep us healthy and, and keep us on track. So for, from a coaching perspective, how do you kind of work with somebody who's like, yeah, Kristen, like, I know I need to foam roll, or I know I should do some yoga, or I know I need to, you know, whatever the XYZ thing might be, um, but I just, I just don't, you know, I just don't want to. Like, I'd rather run. Like, how do, how do you kind of work towards maybe – helping them to, I don't know if see the light is the right way of saying it, but like get on track with doing some of the other things that support our running and hopefully keep us healthy and running for many, many years to come. So (laughs) when that happens, um, so a lot of my plans have the running and then the strength, right? So a lot of times runners get over very overwhelmed by like the list of things to do. So I'd always tell them set a timer for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And just do whatever on that list calls out to you. Usually I'll put the most important things at the top. If you can get that done, because a lot of times once you start doing the things you should be doing, that timer will go off and you're like, I could do a little bit more. So I tell them just to start small, pick one or two things out of this list and see if you can get that done. Or what I do is a lot of the times when I film a warm up, I'm pretty sneaky about putting in a little bit of strength. You know what I mean? So we're doing like a single leg reach, which is good strength training for runners. Um, but we're doing that as the warm up. So I'm like, Oh, just make sure you really get that warm up and that cool down because sometimes we'll sneak in a little core in the cool down. Um, so I just encourage them instead of having to bite off the whole 
thing just to do little chunks. Um, and then I do find that over time they end up doing the whole workout after a few weeks. Um, but yeah, again, so slow and sustainable. So just trying to be sneaky. Okay. You don't like to foam roll. Well, what about doing this mobility video instead and trying to sneak in or find things that they really do enjoy. I don't know who enjoys side planks, but if they enjoy that, (laughs) then maybe seeing if they'll do that after their run or something like that. Yeah. And, Runners and, are stubborn. Oh, aren't, aren't we? And, and some of us, and, and this is mostly me, uh, are, are really good at saying, you know, we, we really need to do X, Y, Z, but like, I really don't do X, Y, Z. Not because I don't think it's beneficial, <laughs> but because, you know, sometimes the couch is more alluring than the foam, the foam roller. Or sometimes, <laughs> you know, the extra bit of sleep is, is more alluring than the warm up, or, or, you know, whatever it is. And it's just like, like, you know, no better, do better. And sometimes the, the hypocritical hat that I wear is, is, uh, I wish I, I wish I didn't wear it as often, I guess is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. I think too, once you start seeing results of like, Oh, I'm not getting shin splints anymore. Mm-hmm. Then it becomes like, Oh, okay. Well maybe I do need to be doing this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which again, you know, going back to, to learning, learning lessons the hard way sometimes, like you, you if, if, if I keep getting shin splints, is there something I can do to stop getting them? Then you stop getting them. You're like, oh, all right, well, maybe, maybe this, this actually works a little bit. Maybe those calf raises are effective. Yes. Fine. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, when did you decide to get into to running coaching? I mean, we kind of jumped, I don't know, say we didn't jump the shark, but we jumped ahead to like talking to some coaching things. Um, but, but where did that come from? Was that, uh, is, has that been a long time thing or something more recent? So in person, when I had my clients before COVID, I did do uh, sections of time or four to five months of where we would all train for one half marathon together. So we would meet for long runs and I would have like a special strength class just for them. And I'll be honest with you. My long game goal has always been run Disney. I've always been in love with run Disney and always wanted people would ask me for like business questions. What is your dream client? And that would always be number one is a run Disney runner. And people would tell me that's too niche. Like you, that's very small, but also I don't think people really understand how big run Disney is. It's too small. You need to like expand who your perfect client would be. Well, COVID kind of gave me that great opportunity to do that because I was just kind of doing nothing. Um, you know, I was training clients on zoom and that was really when I was like, well, people can run, you know? Um, and so maybe I could reach them online instead of just having an in-person class since we couldn't really do that. So even though, yes, I did train people like for Berlin and things in person, uh, it was really COVID that kind of pushed me into, well, this is what I really love to do. I love to see, I just love to see runners finishing something they didn't think that they could do. Um, and so because of that, I sort of merged my love of strength and, and running and was able to kind of give it to the same person, which has been really fun. That's awesome. I hope that answered your question. Yeah, no. So, so, um, yeah, it, like it's, it's great to have kind of, you know, when, when I guess, I guess I'm kind of, again, similar, a lot, a lot of overlap here where it's like, it wasn't what I necessarily set out to do, but just kind of, you know, things kind of worked, worked together and it kind of yeah. merged into something. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh shoot, like maybe we, maybe we've got something here. Um, yeah. and, and if you enjoy it and it's fun and, and you're able to help people do things, um, I mean, you know, rock on, keep, keep on keeping on. Yeah. Um, with, with run Disney always being kind of like the ideal, the ideal client situation. Um, does that mean that there's been a, a, a long time Disney fanaticism in, in your life or, or, you know, what, what was the allure to run Disney? Well, 
so I never got to go to Disney as a kid. That was not something in our budget. Um, and that was just, but I always would watch the commercials and be like, one day I want my own family and I want to go to Disneyland. Um, and so then when I met my husband, Ryan, um, we went for like our two year dating anniversary and I was like, oh my God, I love this. This is great. Um, and then my friend was like, you know, that Disneyland does half marathons, which I did not know. Um, and so I signed up for Tinkerbell in August. It was not sold out, which is wild. And it was before, I know. And it was before they had 10 Ks. So I did the Tinkerbell um, half. I never even thought to sign up for the 5K and the half. That was like never, why would you run two races back to back? Um, And I showed up, you know, in the race shirt and with wings I bought at the expo. I had no idea what I was getting into. And I ran it and every picture, I mean, ear to ear, I could not stop smiling. It was such a high. Um, I loved everything about it. And I was like, I have to do this a million times <laughs> and get all my friends to do it too. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, uh, I mean, I've, I, I can't remember how many Disney races I've done and uh, I've only, only done the, the Florida ones since we used to live just down the, down the street. So it was super convenient. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just a different, a different vibe. And if you're, if you're remotely a Disney person, um, I don't want to say that it needs to be on your bucket list of races, but like you know, if you're not a Disney person, probably not your, not your jam. And that's, and that's cool. But if you're a Disney person, man, it's, it's a, it's a fun race, especially if you run it to have fun and just you know, yeah. enjoy it. I mean, you can race them. I think the, the Florida races are, are good ones to try to race and, and really race hard. But if you're coming in from out of town, you're a Disney person, man, get those photos, have a good time. And oh yeah, uh, don't worry about the clock too much. It's addictive too. It is. It is. <laughs> watch your, watch your wallet. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, when, when we got connected, whatever it was a year, year and a half ago, something like that. Um, I don't know if you were just starting to roll out the, uh, the, the, uh, the dopey training program that you, that you do. Um, or if that was, maybe you'd done that already before and, and we're kind of rolling out the, the new, the newest version or, you know, the, the newest race season version of it. Um, but dopey for those that don't speak fluent run Disney, it's a, a 5k, 10k half and full and consecutive days. Um, which, which certainly is, you know, it's a thing to train for. We talked earlier about, you know, not training for the marathon or you're really enjoying the half marathon because it's a whole lot easier to train for, um, and fit into life and, and, you know, doing something like, like dopey. Um, not only are you training for a marathon, but you're also training for like these back to back running, you know, and, and I mean, not that, not even to, to really thumb my nose at the 5k, but like, you know, it, when it keeps getting longer every day, um, <laughs> like that's, that's a whole thing to get ready for. So, um, I guess, I guess, you know, bringing that around to a, a, maybe a somewhat decent question is what's, what's your philosophy for training for these multi-day Disney type of events? Um, because I feel like you can go a lot of different ways to, to get there, to obviously depending on the person and, and, you know, their running history, things like that. Um, but in general, kind of, how do you, how do you try to structure a plan for these multi-day events? So the big thing is when I'm writing this plan is the skeleton really are the simulation weekends because that's really the show, right? Um, I think so I was a synchronized swimmer. So I think a lot of this is like a performance. And so like dopey weekend is our performance. So we really try to focus on simulation weekends being most important because you need that time on your feet. Um, and then what I do from there is I plan out the strength training. And so for example, if the plan starts in September, Um, we're a little bit heavier on the strength training and mobility and core, but as time goes on, because those runs are getting so much longer, we kind of have to take out the things that we don't necessarily leave. Like we don't need bicep curls, you know, in December, we have to really prioritize our time. 
So focusing on single leg work and core work and back rows, things that are going to keep us really strong going into dopey. Um, and then when we, we do have monthly zooms and we talk a lot about fueling because that was a big missing piece to a lot of it. Um, and so when we talk about it, we're visualizing a lot, what's going to happen. We're talking through the train of events from 2am to start time. Cause that's a long time too. So we talk a lot about what we're going to eat in the room or in the bus. And then later on, um, but just focusing there and really just picking out the important things. I think it's really hard when you get into running and training, you, you want to do all of the things. So being able to edit and decide what's really not going to be a good use of our time is really helpful. Um, but I think too, with last year being the anniversary year and everyone wanting to do the nineties theme, uh, we had a lot of newer runners too. So really explaining the course and understanding those on ramps <laughs> and things like that too are really helpful. Um, but yeah, so we just talked also a lot about the simulation weekends being practiced for everything, your underwear to your socks, to your fuel, everything you got to practice. How often do you do a simulation weekend? Is it, is it a every week thing towards the end a couple times? Like what's, and again, obviously there's a lot of vari variability here, but in general, what, how often do you do those? I would say simulations start end of September with two back-to-back -back, uh, days. So, and then I think going up to your longest one being Thanksgiving weekend, which is mm -hmm. kind of a bummer, but it, the way it times out, we either do it after or during. I mean, you can decide if you want to, I hate this use of words, but run off your pie, I guess. Um, <laughs> I hate that. But, uh, but I turn it around and I say, you know what, if you do run on Thanksgiving weekend, you'll be very fueled. That's so true. You know, um, so I think our last big one was early December with a 20 to 21 miler, because I don't feel that all runners need to be going to 26. Everyone's different. You know, if they feel mentally they need to do that, then that's that's totally OK. Um, and then we just scale back from there. But now we have Dopey to Dumbo. So now we've got to plan 71 miles in nine days versus <laughs> 48.6. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's, that's a fun topic because they, and, and I, I, I will admit that I'm, I've been a little bit unplugged from run Disney lately since again, we don't live close in, anymore. So it's a little bit more of a, of a thing. Um, I'm sure I'll run, I'll do another Disney race. I, I'm, I mean, I'm positive. I'll do another Disney race at some point. It's just not on the radar right now. Um, but what is, so, so we go, we're going from 48.6 in a weekend to now, what do you say? <laughs> 71 and change over the course of a week and a half. What's, what's this dopey to Dumbo situation going on? Okay. So Disneyland races are back. Um, they, for some reason, I don't know, decide to put it the weekend after dopey or marathon weekend in Disney world. Um, and the biggest driving thing was that they said that if you do specifically marathon weekend and Disneyland weekend, the back to back, you get a special coast to coast medal. Mm -hmm. So of course everyone went crazy. And I just thought, I really thought I'm just going to do Disneyland and I had gone to princess weekend and I was sitting with a bunch of my clients and I'm like, well, we're just doing Disneyland. Right. And they all like gave me the blank stare. They're like, well, no, we're doing dopey too. Right. So somehow I got wheeled into that, you know, but um, yeah, so the four days of racing fly home, drive to Disneyland for three more races, which will be very slow races. I can tell you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and you know, I, I feel like, I feel like if you're going to do a challenge weekend or any type of, you know, even if you're doing like back to back 
weekends where you're just running one race, but it's back to back weekends. Like you get, you got to, you know, there's a, there's a bit of pacing of, of, and recognizing that like, I can't go all out on week one because, you know, I got to turn around and do this again. Um, but then you multiply that by four days, a couple <laughs> days off by three days. Um, like, like, and maybe you're still kind of figuring this out as you go because, you know, you haven't, haven't done this quite yet, but like, like what's, what are your thoughts in terms of, of keeping dopey weekend in check so that Dumbo weekend, because the last thing you want to do is develop some type of niggle, some type of injury, some type of something. And now you, now you can't do the following weekend. So like, how are you kind of think, starting to think about that first weekend of a two weekend back to back challenge weekend situation? So we talk a lot about this. Um, compression socks immediately after your races, legs on the wall, recovery in the room. Like we've all decided that those of us that are doing both, we're going to stay in rooms close to each other, same hotel. So we can refuel compression, walk around mobility, and then soaking our legs and Epsom salts every night. Um, but I think a lot of that is also going to come from the couple weeks before we leave because you're not going to sleep well at Disney world. It just never happens. So we talk a lot about getting enough sleep, the two to three weeks leading up to Dopey, how our recovery nutrition is going to come into play. Because I think a lot of times people think of Dopey and they think, oh, I really just have to worry about the marathon and fueling. You really need to fuel the 5K, which sounds silly when you say it out loud, but you have to think about it as 48 miles, not three. Mm -hmm. And so really getting the glycogen stores up on day one, because you're going to be depleted regardless is really helpful to your recovery as well. And then I always have my clients stick a protein shake in their gear check bag. So it's funny. I had a bunch of finish line metal pictures and people had their little fair life shakes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I think really using the tools we learned through training from nutrition and um, that active recovery is going to be really helpful. And then just praying we can sleep the few days in between. (laughs) what about and, and apologies for getting all Disney specific, but I mean it's kind of it's kind of kind of where we are I think for, for this conversation <laughs> at least. Um, and, for, and and again I say that I, I guess I say that I say this to say that to those of you that aren't real run Disney folks, some of you still do challenge races that aren't Disney related. So there's a lot of overlap yeah. here, or just you know if you're just doing one race somewhere, yeah, still probably something you can glean from this. Um, but for those that are doing whether it's it's Dopey, whether it's Dopey to Dumbo, whether it's Princess, whatever, any of these weekend events where there's multiple races going on and you're running two or three days in a row, um, but you're also there for vacation. You know, you, you brought the family along. Um, this is our trip to Disney. I'm also going to run a little bit, but we're also, you know, we're going to do the parks and we're going we're gonna to be out and about and do the things. Um, like, what's your advice to somebody who's, who's, you know, not just there just for running? Like, we're here to have a vacation and we want to get all the things and stay up for the fireworks. And then the alarm clock is going off in three hours because I got to get up to run again tomorrow. Like, like that's a whole got to be a whole nother ball of wax to have to try to untangle. Yeah. I always recommend if you can put the more of the vacation days after. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I always recommend if you're doing a challenge of like uh, 5k, 10k half, do Disney Springs on your 10k day. Take that as a, your break day, maybe go to the pool. Same thing with Dopey. Make that your half marathon day. Hang out at the pool. You know, have a really easy resort day if you can. Um, And then trying to find food. It's really hard, I know, at a theme park to find food that's going to make you feel good. But trying to find really easy food, like a turkey sandwich, something that's not going to slow you down too much for your races. And I think also having a really realistic conversation with your family and friends, like, I can't stay out till midnight, but we could stay till seven. And then when the races are over, we can party all night long. (laughs) 
But I think really managing your expectations on what you can really get done before that longest race um, is really important. What about goal setting for these races? And we talked a little bit earlier, or at least I mentioned that, you know, sometimes like, like I think those races are raceable very much. So if you want to, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. But, but, you know, also when you're doing a challenge and you got miles stacking up and especially if there's a little bit of vacation going on as well, um, you know, maybe what you thought you could do for Sunday's race, um, <laughs> before you got there, doesn't seem as feasible on Saturday afternoon. Um, yeah. so, so how do you kind of shift, shift focus or shift goals? Um, if that's required. So I do have a client that has a big goal for the marathon. And what we've talked about is the first three days, you're going to really pace yourself at your, and your true easy pace or a little slower or more walking. So I think if you can pick one of the races that you really want to shine, you really need to go easy on the other days just to give yourself that chance to not burn out. Um, and I think too, that comes into play with your training, learning your easy pace and learning what that really feels like versus what you think is easy. Um, so yeah, so managing expectation on that really, maybe the 10 K is like the race you really want to shine and that's great. Um, so maybe walking the 5 K or run walking it really slow, um, is a really good, good thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's, you know, I I feel like that's, that's having that, that, conversation with yourself or with your coach beforehand and mm-hmm. like having that, that plan to like, you know, too, too often it's like, yeah, I'm really going to race the, the 10 K or I'm really going to race the half or whatever, but then you get caught up, but, but you don't think about that. Me, what does that mean for the day before and the day, and right. the day before that as well? Um, you know, and, and like not getting too excited by the fireworks and the corrals and the people <laughs> and the, the music and all the things. And you go out like a bat out of hell and then you're like, Oh shoot, like this, this is going to be a problem tomorrow. Um, uh, because yeah. you know, I really got after it today when I wasn't planning to. What I like to do for myself and for my clients too, is I'll make like a little fuel schedule. So mm-hmm. that way I can like screenshot it on my phone. And cause you do, you get really wrapped up in the fireworks of before the race and seeing all of your friends. And it's really easy. Like I did this last marathon to forget your breakfast in your hotel room. <laughs> so reminding yourself of the, the plan you had set before you left and got all excited at the race is really important. So knowing like, okay, if I'm going to race my half marathon, I really need to fuel well at my 10 K too, even though I'm walking it, for right. example. Right. So, um, potentially divisive question, but, we're, but you know, we're, we're cutting edge around here. So we're, we asked the hard, <laughs> ask the hard questions. What's your favorite run Disney event? I mean, I'm kind of one of those people that I'm just going to have to say dopey mm-hmm. because it's, it's just like such a big thing. It's such a beast. Right. Um, and I love seeing people do it for the first time and thinking that they can't or people at home telling them they can't. So I think marathon weekend's my favorite just for that aspect of the marathon. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I guess for me, I can see that answer kind of being the one or th- that weekend kind of being the one that, that stands head and shoulders just because quite frankly, it's the only one with the marathon. So like, it's, yeah. it's just that, that extra layer of challenge. Like, and again, not trying to say that a 5k, 10k half is, is an easy weekend necessarily right. by it, by any stretch. Um, but yeah, anything that, that throws a marathon down, whether it's a marathon in isolation or, or a goofy or a dopey or whatever, um, you know, that's just, that's, that's the one opportunity to do it. So I guess I could, yeah. kind of shines a light on it. Run Disney is the only place where you'll hear people go, I'm just doing the marathon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're just doing 26 miles. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
Um, so tell us a little bit more as, as we're getting close to wrapping up, Chris. I mean, obviously we've talked about the Dumbo program and kind of, you know, it, it, I'm sorry, the, the Dopey program, but then also Dopey to, to Dumbo. Um, do you, do you do a, a coaching group or a co- coaching, you know, breakdown for each of the run Disney events and, and kind of what, what does that look like for anybody that might be interested? Yes. So we do all of the race weekends. And then currently we're doing our program called in summer named after Olaf's song. Um, just as sort of like a base training, um, with running and strength training to get everyone ready. Because when we announced last year that we were doing the dopey plan in September, all the comments were like, well, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're like, well, okay, I guess we're doing a summer program. Um, so I have clients in all of those programs. Um, we have wine and dine and in summer going on right now. And then I do one-on-one coaching, which I call run strong. Gotcha. Gotcha. So for the, for the run Disney groups, are they all local in person? It sounds like probably a little bit of online since that's kind of how you got going with the the pandemic. So they're all online. Um, it's through a platform called true coach. So there's an app and a website. Um, and so I program everything in there with videos for warmups and sumo squats, you know, whatever it is you might be doing. And then we program, um, your mileage and your paces and things like that in there too. Gotcha. Gotcha. Predominantly, or maybe not predominantly, maybe there's other different levels for somebody who's kind of new to, to running and like, I'm a big Disney fan. I really want to, you know, run princess for the first time versus somebody who's like, man, I'm getting after it. Like maybe I can't race them all at the PR level, but like, I want to run all of them strong. Like do you kind of cater to different levels of runners. Yes. So I would say that the people that have like BQ goals, will be more in run strong or people that are very, very new in run strong where I can really work one-on-one. Um, but I would say in the groups too, we have a mixture of everyone, um, seasoned runners to newer runners and, uh, things like that. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and, um, duration wise, this 16 weeks, 20 weeks, what, what are we looking like kind of working back from, you know, somebody who's, who's maybe just, you know, I know princess sign up was just a, a couple weeks ago. So maybe they're into, into princess, um, and kind of thinking like, when does, when do I need to think about signing up for a program? So princess training starts literally when wine and dine weekend ends. So, uh, I have a lot of people in wine and dine doing princess, so they'll just, just go right into the next one. Yeah. So in November, but, uh, but just in general, like we're talking like 16 weeks, oh, like four weeks, sorry. four months, something like that. Yeah. Like I always tell people, yeah, our 16 week programs. And then if you are getting into running or if you haven't run in a while, setting up some base training right. for yourself for, you know, a month or two before is always a good idea. For sure. For sure. Um, all right. Well, that's, that's good stuff. And, and I know, I know we've got some Disney folks that listen to the show. So hopefully, um, if they haven't started following you yet, they'll do that because all kinds <laughs> of good tips and, and information and things run Disney and otherwise, uh, on your social medias, but maybe looking into your programs as well. Um, shifting gears, kind of wrapping this thing up, Kristen, um, and maybe coming off of, of run Disney a, a little bit. Um, you mentioned earlier, and I saw this on your website as well, that like London marathon is, is kind of the, the big goal that got you kind of started down this, this path. Um, haven't run it yet. Have you, have you been entering the lottery at least, or kind of where, where do we stand on, you know, ticking, ticking maybe the box in terms of Kristen's running, running goals? <laughs> so I did not get into the lottery. Um, so I am looking at other options maybe for the next couple of years, but I did get into the New York marathon for next year, but you have to run it virtually this year in order to get in next year. And so I'm running Marine Corps. So this is my first marathon, not Disney. So I'm excited for that because I feel like then New York is a step and then London will be like the ultimate goal. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) How many have you run 
you've run some marathons at Disney as part of Challenge Weekends, I'm assuming. I mean, obviously, we talked about Dumbo or uh, Dopey a little bit. I, the too many D's there. Get me, get me all. I know. <laughs> um, have you have you run any marathons where it was just the marathon at least recently? No, I've never just done a marathon. Oh. So Marine Corps will be my first one. So I was even thinking, I'm like, what is that going to feel like? Just waking up and just doing a marathon. <laughs> yeah, not having not having 13 miles on my legs from yesterday. Like, yeah. Like, well, then, you know, along those lines, then what, what I mean, you still have plenty of time to train and, and plenty of time to, to get ready for it. But, you know, are you starting to kick around expectations or goals in terms of, of what, you know, obviously lots of things that still have to come to, to pass to really nail it all down. But what are you, what are you thinking for your first only 26.2. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, so with Dopey, the marathon always takes me, it feels like forever. Mm-hmm. You, you're tired. Plus I'm taking a lot of pictures. Right. I don't really even know what goal to set for myself for Marine Corps. I, I have an idea, but I want to see how my long runs go this time. Now, again, now that I'm on fresh legs. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, in the future, I would love to be like, I'm a sub four hour marathoner. That's like the ultimate goal, right. but we'll see. We'll see how this one goes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you know. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll certainly be following along so, and kind of see how it goes, but it's, it's, um, I don't know. I, it, for all the obvious reasons, it's, it's a different, different beast in a lot of good ways. I think a lot of good ways to run, you know, to, to be able to push yourself or, or, you know, whether, whether you want to push yourself or not. But just to, to go into it fresh versus going into it yeah. on, on the tails of, you know, whether whether it's just, again, just the word just, <laughs> whether it's just a, a goofy weekend where you you ran 13, you know, on Saturday and, and, you know, then you're getting ready for the marathon on Sunday or whether it's, you know, you've done the 5K and the 10K and the half leading up to it in the dopey situation. Um, I don't know. Like for me, for whatever it's worth, and it's probably not worth anything more than, you know, the, the minute that we'll spend on it. Um, like it's so... It, for, I've, run, I've run goofy one time, you know, it's the only mm-hmm. time I've done a, a challenge weekend. Um, but like, it was so easy to have zero time-based goals. Cause it's like, well, I'm no, I'm running the day before and I'm running, you know, the right on. And so like my plan was literally like, I'm just running to every character stop and I'm stopping for photos. Like, that's it. Like that, yes. was, that was the race plan. Um, but on, you know, just a marathon that doesn't have characters every, <laughs> every mile or two or 10th of a mile or something like that when you're running through the parks. Um, you know, that's when, that's when it gets, I don't want to say it, it's not real the other way, but that's when it's like, gets real, like in terms of like, yeah, let's see what we can do. So I'm excited for you to experience that for the first time and, you know, see how it goes. Yeah, I'm excited. And I've never been to DC. So I was thinking, I'm like, do people like stop and take selfies at the Washington Monument during this run or they just keep going? I mean, <laughs> so I think I, I got, I got a couple of those when I, when I ran, uh, I ran Marine Corps in, in 2019. Oh, awesome. Um, and, and yeah, like, it was, it was also for those that were paying attention at that time, it was like deluge monsoon, like ankle deep water at a couple of spots where you were just like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. For like the first 20 miles. And then the sun came out and it was hot as blazes for the last 10 K, which was awesome. Oh. And by awesome, I mean, not awesome at all. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but yeah, there were, there were a few times of stopping for photos that like, I don't know whether more people would have stopped for photos if it wasn't raining or more people stopped for photos because it was raining and that impacted, you know, like I'm not going to race hard when I literally can't see the ground underneath, underneath all this water that was flowing through. Right. Um, right. But yeah, you know, stopping, you know, you run right around the, the right, right next to the Capitol building, right next to the monuments through the mall. Like, like, yeah, you know, stop for photos. Like, cause yeah, why not? Just like, it's just like and Disney it, stop for photos because why not? Well, and you know that stopping for a photo by the Capitol is not going to take you 10 minutes, you know, no, there's, <laughs> like there's it not, There's not a, a 20 person deep line that, that you have yeah. to wait through to get those photos. That's for sure. Right. 
Well, is but there... just... oh, no, sorry. go ahead. Go ahead, please. I was just going to say, it just goes to show you that, you know, even with a most perfect race plan, you could end up in a monsoon situation. Oh, and, and, <laughs> try as we might, we still haven't figured out how to control the weather and especially individuals right. control the weather. So yeah, you, right. <laughs> you never know what race day might bring. So as we're, as we're getting, getting things wrapped up, we'll get you out of here on this one. Uh, Kristen, one, one final question. I call it the philosophical question, not too philosophical, but just something open-ended to wrap you up or wrap up our conversation today. Um, and just be be curious, you know, in in the in in the time that you've been been running, um, how has running changed you? You know, and and maybe maybe there's not anything super firm to point to, um, but but it, you know, whether it's lessons learned, whether it's experiences, uh, whatever it might be, um, how has being a part of the running community and and you know, coaching business and all those types of things changed the person you were, you know, ten fifteen years ago before you really got into this this running situation? Um, I think it just taught me that you're more capable than you think you are. So I think having to be supportive of others has in turn made me supportive of myself because you telling your friends and your clients that you're amazing, you're capable, you can do all of this. It gets into your brain too. So it's really taught me that we are all way more capable than we give ourselves credit for. We're stronger than we think we are because when I was in that place before I ran, I thought, oh God, like I'm so out of shape and I'm unhealthy and I could never change. That's what I kept telling myself. You will never change. And so I think it just showed me that, you know, running makes you capable of so many things. Hmm. I love it. I love it. And as, as you saw, cause we're on video, but as is often the case, I'm just not like, yes, absolutely. So <laughs> I, I appreciate you sharing that Kristen and y'all, if you want more of, of that kind of goodness and insight, I mean, that's what she does on Instagram all the time. It's fantastic. Follow her there at runfitmama on Instagram, runfitmama.net for the website with all the information about the coaching programs, things that she's got going on as well. Uh, you can find it all there. Dizruns.com slash 1172. Dizruns.com slash 1172. We'll take you back to the show notes for today's episode, which again, we'll have all things linked up there that we talked about today. Uh, Run Disney and otherwise. So Kristen, thanks for the the time today. It's it's a long time coming, and I feel like as a lot of times when I'm talking to folks that I've been kind of connected with for a while, um, maybe just scratch the surface. So who knows what, what you know? We'll come back and do this again at some point, whether it's post post New York, maybe post London. Who knows? Um, but looking forward <laughs> to continuing to follow along. Certainly wish you nothing but the best at Marine Corps and with all the coaching that you're doing and and you know the the clients that you're working with. Success for them. Uh, but thanks for the time today, lady, and and looking forward to uh, staying in touch. And who knows what the future holds, but maybe maybe doing this in person at some point as well down the line. But all the best to you, and thanks for the time today. Yeah, thank you so much. This was wonderful. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. I hope you enjoyed the conversation between Kristen and myself. And as per usual, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your takeaway du jour? Du jour. Um, for me, it goes back to when we were talking a little bit about strength training, and and Kristen was talking about. You know, just just do 15 minutes, you know, as kind of a way to just get started. And if all you do is 15 minutes, if you set that timer and, and, you know, you get through a couple sets of exercises or whatever it is, and the timer goes off and you're like, yeah, I'm still not feeling it, then, hey, you did something, move on. Um, but so often, as, as Kristen was talking about, and as, as I've certainly experienced, maybe you have as well, um, once you get started, it's a little bit easier to keep going. Sometimes that, that initial, initial phase, you know, the, the first mile sometimes is the hardest mile of, of a run. The first, you know, couple minutes of a strength training workout or the hardest, the first, you know, getting, getting on the foam roller, getting off the couch and on the foam roller. That's, that's the hardest piece. And, and that's where the takeaway comes into me is, is, you know, how can we set up or how can I, not we, how can I set myself up 
to just get started, you know, to, to get started on, on some of the areas that I'm, I'm struggling with, whether it's, you know, writing the book that I've only been talking about for four years now and I'm still about as far along as I was four years ago, whether it's being more intentional about foam rolling, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, stuff in the, in the personal life, stuff in the business life, stuff in the running life. Um, so many areas of, of my life, or at least so many, you know, maybe not areas, but so many things, you know, little things, big things, whatever that I want to do projects. I want to accomplish things. I want to learn skills. I want to develop, um, that, that sometimes just feel a little bit overwhelming in terms of the scope, the amount of time and effort that might be required. And sure, you know, I mean, some of these things are long-term plays, but if you never get started, probably never making any progress there. Right. And so that was the takeaway for me is, is, you know, some of these things, maybe if I can just set, set that timer for 10 minutes, for 15 minutes, for 20 minutes, for five minutes, just to get started. You know, I mean, it can be a game changer. It can be a, because once you get going, you know, maybe, maybe that five minutes turns into 25, turns into 30, uh, depending on what it is and what kind of time I have available, you know, I'll just, I'll just, you know, do a couple of stretches and pretty soon you got the yoga mat out and you're doing a, a, a flow and, and, you know, like it turns into something bigger. So that was my takeaway today. Just that reminder of, of setting a low bar for a minimum viable. And if that's all you achieve, then, Hey, that's, that's still very much better than nothing, right? Something greater than nothing. Uh, but so often a little something that lowest bar of success, you know, you get over it and you're like, well, I could do that again. I could do a little bit more. And pretty soon, you know, it's, it's more than something. So that's my takeaway. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? As always, if you're willing to share it, I would love to hear it at Diz runs on Twitter at Diz runs on Instagram at Diz runs on threads. Although is it me or is threads kind of meh? I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I just have my, my love for Twitter is, is running deeper. Maybe just my disdain for social media in general is really what's getting me in trouble. I don't know. I'm on, I'm on threads. I still check it. So if you can hit me up there as well, you can also shoot me an email, of course, at disruns at gmail.com. And if you'd rather head over to the show notes today, a couple of photos of Chris and of course, some links and all the, all the good stuff as per usual, including that comment section down at the bottom of the page, disruns.com slash 1172. We'll get you there. Disruns.com slash 1172. Type away, share away in the comment section. Always appreciate when I get that little that little email that says, hey, somebody left a comment on your post. Doesn't happen often, but when it does, I'm excited about it. So thanks for all the feedback over the years and whatever manner it works best for you. Uh, one last time before we wrap this one up today, don't forget the Little Things course is free. It is available. Maybe it is one of those aspects or, or you know, something that we talk about in the course is one of those aspects where, you know, just, just doing a little bit, just getting started. Maybe for me, it's the foam roller. You know, for me, it's the foam roller. Just a little bit. Just get it started. See what happens. Uh, Dizruns.com slash little things is the link to the course. Sign up free. No, no input and credit card information. No, none of that nonsense. Just straight up free. Check it out. Enjoy it. Use it. Learn from it. Um, and, and, you know, of course, most important is apply what you learn into your routine because that's how things you know pay off in the long run. But check it out if you haven't done so already. Dizruns.com slash little things. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up, y'all. Thanks for taking Kristen and I with you today. If you enjoyed today's conversation, if you've got a Run Disney friend out there, maybe hit that share button, spread this one, spread the message with them. And you can share any message with anybody, of course, or any episode with anyone. But, you know, maybe some of the Run Disney folks might really appreciate this one. So hit that share button. Always appreciate it when you do. And until next time, y'all, be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, right? Later, y'all. Mm-hmm.